when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust keep growing. My branches laugh, Lord Jesus. Stately plump bug All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Nathan Englander. He fitted the book roughly into his inner pocket and, stubbing his toes against the broken commode, hurried out towards the smell, stepping hastily down the stairs with a flurried stork's legs. Pungent smoke shot up in an angry jet from a side of the pan. By prodding a prong of the fork under the kidney, he detached it and turned it turtle on its back, only a little burned. He tossed it off the pan onto a plate and let the scanty brown gravy trickle over it. Cup of tea now. He sat down, cut, and buttered a slice of the loaf. He shore away the burnt flesh and flung it to the cat. Then he put a forkful into his mouth, chewing with discernment the toothsome pliant meat. Done to a turn. A mouthful of tea, then he cut away dyes of bread, sopped one in the gravy, and put it in his mouth. What was that about some young student at a picnic? He creased out the letter at his side, reading it slowly as he chewed, sopping another dye of bread in the gravy, and raising it to his mouth. Dearest Popley, thanks ever so much for the lovely birthday present. It suits me splendid. Everyone says I'm quite the belle in my new tam. I got Mummy's lovely box of creams and am writing. They are lovely. I'm getting on swimming in the photo business now. Mr. Coglin took one of me and Mrs. Will send when developed. We did great biz yesterday. Fair day and all the beef to the heels were in. We are going to Lock Owl on Monday with a few friends to make a scrap picnic. Give my love to Mummy and to yourself a big kiss and thanks. I hear them at the piano downstairs. There is to be a concert in the Grenville Arms on Saturday. There is a young student come here some evenings named Bannon. His cousins or something are big swells. He sings Boylan's. I was on the pop of writing Blaze's Boylan's, song about those seaside girls. Tell him Silly Millie sends my best respects. Must now close with fondest love. Your fond daughter, Millie. P.S. Excuse bad writing. I'm in a hurry. Bye-bye, M. Fifteen yesterday. Curious fifteenth of the month, too. Her first birthday away from home. Separation. Remember the summer morning she was born, running to knock up Mrs. Thornton in Denzel Street. Jolly old woman. Lots of babies she must have helped into the world. She knew from the first poor little Rudy wouldn't live. Well, God is good, sir. She knew at once. He would be eleven now if he had lived. His vacant face stared pitying at the postscript. Excuse bad writing. Hurry, piano downstairs, coming out of her shell. Row with her in the XL Cafe about the bracelet. Wouldn't eat her cakes or speak or look. Sauce box. He sopped other dyes of bread in the gravy and ate piece after piece of kidney, twelve and six a week. Not much. Still, she might do worse. Music hall stage, 
young student. He drank a draft of cooler tea to wash down his meal. Then he read the letter again, twice. Oh well, she knows how to mind herself. But if not, no, nothing has happened. Of course it might. Wait in any case till it does. A wild piece of goods. Her slim legs running up the staircase. Destiny ripening now. Vain, very. He smiled with troubled affection at the kitchen window. Day I caught her in the street pinching her cheeks to make them red. Anemic a little. Was given milk too long. On the errands king that day round the kish. Damned old tub pitching about. Not a bit funky. Her pale blue scarf loose in the wind with her hair. All dimpled cheeks and curls. Your head it simply swirls. Seaside girls. Torn envelope. Hands stuck in his trousers pockets. Jarvie off for the day singing. Friend of the family, swirls, he says, peer with lamps, summer evening band, those girls, those girls, those lovely seaside girls, Millie too, young kisses, the first, far away now past, Mrs. Marion, reading, lying back now, counting the strands of her hair, smiling, braiding. A soft qualm regret flowed down, his backbone increasing, will happen, yes, prevent, useless, can't move. Girl's sweet, light lips will happen too. He felt the flowing qualm spread over him, useless to move now, lips kissed, kissing kissed, full, gluey woman's lips. Better where she is down there, away, occupy her, wanted a dog to pass the time, might take a trip down there, August bank holiday, only two and six return, six weeks off, however, might work a press pass or through McCoy. The cat, having cleaned all her fur, returned to the meat-stained paper, nosed at it and stalked to the door. She looked back at him, mewing, wants to go out. Wait before a door, some time it will open. Let her wait. Has the fidgets, electric thunder in the air. Was washing at her ear with her back to the fire, too. He felt heavy, full. Then a gentle loosening of his bowels. He stood up, undoing the waistband of his trousers. The cat mewed to him. Meow, he said in answer. Wait till I'm ready. Heaviness, hot day coming. Too much trouble to fag up the stairs to the landing. A paper. He liked to read at stool. Hope no ape comes knocking just as I'm. In the table drawer, he found an old number of titbits. He folded it under his armpit, went to the door and opened it. The cat went up in soft bounds. Ah, wanted to go upstairs, curl up in a ball on the bed. Listening, he heard her voice. Come, come, pussy, come. He went out through the back door into the garden, stood to listen towards the next garden, no sound, perhaps hanging clothes out to dry. The maid was in the garden, fine morning. He bent down to regard a lean file of spearmint growing by the wall. Make a summer house here. Scarlet runners, Virginia creepers, want to manure the whole place over a scabby soil. A coat of liver of sulfur, all soil like that without dung, household slops, loam. What is this that is? The hens in the next garden, their droppings are very good top dressing. Best of all, though, are the cattle, especially when they are fed on those oil cakes. Mulch of dung, best thing to clean ladies' kid gloves, dirty cleans. Ashes, too, reclaim the whole place. Grow peas in that corner there, lettuce, always have fresh greens then. Still gardens have their drawbacks. That bee or blue bottle here with Monday. He walked on. Where is my hat, by the way? 
Must have put it back on the peg or hanging up on the floor. Funny, I don't remember that. Hall stand too full. Four umbrellas, her rain cloak, picking up the letters. Drago's shop bell ringing. Queer, I was just thinking that moment. Brown, brilliantine hair over his collar. Just had a wash and brush up. Wonder, have I time for a bath this morning? Tara Street, chap in the pay box there got away. James Stevens, they say. O'Brien. Deep voice that fellow Bluecatch has. Agenda, what is it? Now, my miss. Enthusiast. He kicked open the crazy door of the Jake's. Better be careful not to get these trousers dirty for the funeral. He went in, bowing his head under the low lintel. Leaving the door ajar amid the stench of moldy lime wash and stale cobwebs, he undid his braces. Before sitting down, he peered through a chink up at the next door window. The king was in his counting house. Nobody. A squat on the cuck stool, he folded out his paper, turning its pagers over on his bared knees. Something new and easy. No great hurry. Keep it a bit. Our prize titbit. Matcham's masterstroke. Written by Mr. Philip Bufoy, Playgoers Club, London. Payment at the rate of one guinea a column has been made to the writer. Three and a half, three pounds three, three pounds thirteen and six. Quietly he read, restraining himself. The first column man, yielding but resisting, began the second. Midway, his last resistance yielding, he allowed his bowels to ease themselves quietly as he read, reading still patiently that slight constipation of yesterday quite gone. Hope it's not too big, bring on piles again. No, just right. So, ah, cost of one tablet of Cascara Sagrada. Life might be so. It did not move or touch him, but it was something quick and neat. Print anything now, silly season. He read on, seated calm above his own rising smell. Neat, certainly. Matcham often thinks of the masterstroke by which he won the laughing witch who now. Begins and ends morally, hand in hand. Smart. He glanced back through what he had read, and while feeling his water flow quietly, he envied kindly Mr. Buffoy, who had written it and received payment of three pounds thirteen and six. Might manage a sketch. By Mr. and Mrs. L. M. Bloom. Invent a story for some proverb which time I used to try jotting down on my cuff what she said dressing. Dislike dressing together. Nicked myself shaving. Biting her nether lip. Hooking the placket of her skirt. Timing her. 9.15. Did Roberts pay you yet? 9.20. What had Greta Conroy on? 9.23. What possessed me to buy this comb? 9.24. I'm swelled after that cabbage, a speck of dust on the patent leather of her boot. Rubbing smartly in turn each welt against her stocking calf, morning after the bizarre dance when May's band played Ponchielli's Dance of the Hours. Explain that morning hours, noon, then evening, coming on, then night hours, washing her teeth. That was the first night, her head dancing, her fan sticks clicking, is that boiling well off? He has money. Why? I noticed he had a good smell off his breath dancing. No use humming then. Allude to it. Strange kind of music that last night. The mirror was in shadow. She rubbed her hand glass briskly on her woolen vest against her full wagging bub, peering into it, lines in her eyes. It wouldn't pan out somehow. 
Evening hours, girls in gray gauze. Night hours, then black with daggers and eye masks. Poetical, idea pink, then golden, then gray, then black. Still true to life also. Day, then the night. He tore away half the prize story sharply and wiped himself with it. Then he girded up his trousers, braced, and buttoned himself. He pulled back the jerky, shaky door of the jakes and came forth from the gloom into the air. In the bright light, lightened and cooled in limb, he eyed carefully his black trousers, the ends, the knees, the hocks of the knees. What time is the funeral? Better find out in the paper. A creak and a dark whir in the air high up. The bells of George's church, they told the hour, loud dark iron. Hi-ho, 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 hi-ho. Quarter two, there again, the overtone following through the air. Third, poor Dignam.